0: begin, uh, we're going to open up the Word of God to the Great Commission. I think a lot of you are very familiar with the Great Commission. Um, even so familiar, I noticed, in your mission and purpose, it's the first uh, verse that's listed there. So it's a big part of this church. I'm going to read Matthew 28, 18 to 20. <clears throat> then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth Has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. When we were here on last furlough, so our typical schedule as a missionary, not all missionaries run the same way. But my wife and I, we choose, we do four years in the Philippines, and one year as a sabbatical year in the United States. Last furlough, we visited Faith Christian Reformed Church. Our contact was through Jack Voss, and since we've gotten to know a number of you, after we shared with you in 2012, Jack Voss pulled me aside, and he said, here, i got to show you something. And he took me... Into some of the rooms in this area of your church. I, did, I don't know exactly how your church is arranged, but we went into some of the kind of the areas where there's books, some archives, or something. And he showed me some old church directories. And he went about and he showed me a number of them. He said, I want to show you something. And he showed me from going back decades, going back to the origins of your church. if My understanding is correct. Faith Christian Reformed Church is a combination of two churches in the 1970s. It was Warren Park in Oak Park Christian Reformed Churches, and he showed me some of the church directories from those churches, and I was amazed, because he showed me pages where there were societies, there were mission societies in your churches, in the origin of this church, societies of men and women, even youth, and there, were, there was numbers of people that would participate in these societies. And my understanding of of these missional societies in your church and in other places, uh, mission societies were there to talk about missions, to pray for global evangelization, to invite missionaries, to keep the Great Commission out in front of the congregation, and also to send out missionaries. And I looked at that, and I was amazed. Year after year, there's these huge groups from this congregation, going back decades, people who were so invested that they were part of societies, that they would, they did this for the purpose of the Great Commission, to reach the ends of the earth. And I think that is exciting. In fact, I was so taken aback by that. Um, we attend, we visit numerous churches, I'm in contact with a lot of churches, that I was, I was like, wow. And in this this past term, these past four years, I have... Uh, boasted about you guys. I, I've told that story to a number of missionaries about this church that uh, we're partnered with in the Chicago area that, going back decades, has this amazing history of these missional societies in the church. And I think that's pretty cool, and I, I, I'm here to celebrate that. As we talk about the Great Commission, um, I could come here and challenge you, I could say a lot of things, but in my introduction... I I want to celebrate this and say uh, I think that gives glory to God. And in the DNA of this church, in your foundations, in your origins, you have, as a congregation, as a body of believers, a deep commitment to the Great Commission, a deep commitment seeing the gospel go forth to all nations, reaching people of all tongue and tribe, and seeing the kingdom of God built so that someday we'll see more and more people at the wedding feast. Um, And I mentioned that to uh, Reverend Scheringa, and he told me, and I I actually quoted him on this, I maybe don't have it word for word, but he said this, he said, uh, faith, Christian Reformed Church, is not only good at praying and giving, they're also good at serving. You're not only good at giving and praying for missions, you're also good at serving. And I asked him, well, tell me about some of the ways that uh, faith today is serving. Uh, you give and you pray, but tell me how they're serving. And he just listed a couple, and I'll just I'll mention them here. Feed my starving children. Uh, Don told me about that last time we were here, back in, I think it was October. And earlier, uh, there was an invitation. And I encourage you, again, sign your name. Last year, it sounded like there was Numerous people, about a hundred people, that participated in that. Uh, you have an orphanage in Mexico that you've been connected with for twenty years. You're connected as well to an orphanage, an orphanage rather, in Honduras, and a number of you in the congregation are currently sponsoring orphans. Something else Reverend Scheringa mentioned was that the mission team is good at putting in front of the congregation the Great Commission and Reaching the Lost. And, as was mentioned earlier, you guys support a lot of missionaries who are going forth. And I think that's fantastic. And I am delighted that I can be here and be partnering with a church that not only is serving, praying, and giving today, but you have a a history and a legacy that goes back many decades before the 1970s when you became Faith Christian Reformed Church in Warren Park, and Oak Park, uh, a legacy of missions, a legacy of glory, glorifying God by reaching the lost in all tribes, nations, and tongues. So my title of the sermon is The Great Commission, A Call to Faithfulness. Uh, the Great Commission, A Call to Faithfulness. Uh, my first point is Under that, after the introduction, is a call to reach the lost. When we look at the Great Commission, God commissioning the church, His disciples, all of us, uh, I think to really grasp the Great Commission, we need to, in a way, understand lostness. And our hearts need to break for the lost. Jesus said in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, I've come to seek. And save the lost. Why is there a church? Why did Jesus come? Why why is there a cross? Why is there a resurrection? God sent his son because of the lostness, because of sin, because of brokenness, because of separation. The cross and Jesus is there so that the lost may be found and there can be transformation and new life. Um, And I think that is what's underpinning the Great Commission. Uh, I want to share a story with you. This story I shared last time we were here when we talked with the middle school students, so I apologize for those who have heard the story. But I kind of want to tell a story that's from our ministry that I hope can, in a way, highlight lostness and break our hearts for the fact that there are millions and millions of people that are lost and in desperate situations. And this is a story of a lady in our ministry. Her name is Rublin. A dear and precious lady. She's in her mid to late 30s. About 10 plus years ago, she was living in Manila, in the slums of Manila. She currently lives with us on the island of Catanduanas, where we're doing ministry. She lived in the slums of Manila. And her husband, She had, they had a baby. And the baby was, I think, around six months old. And an organization, a group of people, met and built a relationship with Rublin, and their purpose was to help Rublin and her husband and the baby receive help from the government, because in the Philippines, the the government offers numerous programs that can help with the very poor and those especially who have uh, little babies, and so this organization partnered with her. They took her to the uh, local government unit and helped her fill out the paperwork, and she did all the work. She filled out all the paperwork. And when she got done with that, and she by the way, she went with her and her little baby. Her husband was away working. And while she was filling out the paperwork, she got done, handed it in, was leaving, and there was another lady there that was having a hard time with, with the paperwork. And if you know Rublin, you know she has a big heart. Uh, when I first met Rublin, uh, before she received Christ... Um, I said, who is that? And someone commented, I'm not totally sure who she is, but she's a lady that if, if it's the hardest, most difficult job, they give it to her. That's the kind of person she is. She has a big heart for those that are down and out and having a hard time. Anyway, uh, Rublin, because she has a baby, and the baby's starting to cry and fuss, is getting close to lunchtime, She, the people that she was with, with that she had built this relationship with, She handed the baby to these people and helped this lady fill out all of her paperwork. Okay, When the paperwork was finished, she got up from where she was and looked around. That was the last time that she ever saw her precious baby boy. And that organization was a scam. And what they do is they prey on women like Rublin... They go into squatter areas of Manila, and they steal babies for a living, for an income. And you can imagine Rublin, when she realized what had happened after looking all over, going all over, she was hysterical, and screaming, and crying. And, of course, she turned to the police. She went to the police department and told them her whole story. And, of course, she's a hysterical mother, And the police turned her away and said, look, if you continue to press charges, we're going to press charges against you for being a neglectful mother. Reuben went back home, and everyone said the same thing to her. So you can imagine this precious woman who just had her child stolen from, from her, her heartache, but also her bitterness. And I have to make a long story short. She was a bitter seed that was planted in her heart. Um, July 2013, I think it was July 23, 2013, her best friend and her received Christ, and God worked in a way that healed her of her bitterness toward people and toward God, and she received Christ, and life change began on that day, and she became a new believer. I tell this story to help you to realize what lostness is. Those kind of stories are happening all over the world today with, with slavery, uh, with kidnapping. This is not a one-time deal. This is happening in the Philippines a lot. It's happening in Thailand, all over Asia, all over Africa. I don't want to scare you. I don't want to scare the kids here. But I do want us to be aware of the condition that the world is in. When my wife and I moved to the Philippines, we grew up, I grew up in Holland, Michigan, my wife grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, both of us attended the Christian school and attended a uh, Christian Reformed Church. We had no idea. It wasn't until we got onto the plane and went to the mission field that I began to realize what brokenness and lostness is in the societies and the, the communities where we work. And it is heartbreaking seeing the abuse. And I don't want to paint such a dark picture. God's common grace is there, and God is helping people all over. But we see abuse, we see brokenness, we see lives that are damaged. And I know it's in Chicago as well, it's all over the world. But it's on a level that I was not aware of until I went to the mission field and went to a community that very, very few people know the gospel. And... That broke my heart. And I and I hope to come here today and help break your hearts. All of our hearts break as well when we think about the lostness that is out there. So when we read the Great Commission and Jesus calls us to reach the ends of the earth, that our hearts will break alongside of Jesus' heart, who is breaking for the lost, for the for the down and out, for the poor, for all people. Um I'm not going to read this just because of time, but if you open up, if we'd read Revelation chapter 20, you'd see in Revelation 20, it talks about at the end of time, there is going to be a book that is open. It's called the the, the Book of Life. And those who are whose names are not in the book of life will go to hell for eternity. That's the reality. So not only may our hearts break, because of all the brokenness that's out there and the abuse, but our hearts should also break for the fact that those who are not written in the book of life, who do not know Jesus, who do not have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of them, they are going to spend the rest of eternity separated from the God of the universe, who is a loving, great, and powerful God. So the Great Commission is there so that we, we see the heart of God. He wants to reach the, 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 the world with the gospel, that all people and all tribes and all tongues will come in. Okay, my first point is a call to reach the lost. My prayer is that all of our hearts may be broken as Christ's heart is broken. My next point is a call to make disciples. A call to make disciples. Uh, if you read, right, the Great Commission kind of throws out four main verbs. And for years, this is how I taught the Great Commission to uh, people in Bible studies. We would teach it, uh, first go, make disciples, baptize, and teach, right? If we look, those are kind of the four main verbs. Go, make disciples, baptize, teach. Uh, It wasn't until I attended Calvin Seminary that uh, I learned more, uh, maybe I understood that passage more deeply in understanding the Greek, When you look at those four key verbs, you have to understand the tense. And I am not a Greek expert, but the make disciples is a present imperative. Make disciples, a present imperative. The other verbs, the go, the baptize, and the teach are participles. And in Greek, those act like adjectives. And so the key verb of this passage, and I would encourage you in the future, when you look at the Great Commission, the key verb there is to make disciples. That is what I do for a living. That is what I do in the Philippines. That is the goal of this church. Church is all over, is to make disciples, make followers of, of Jesus. Um, how do we do that in the Philippines? In the Philippines, the way we make disciples we start. You kind of saw on the video that was shown earlier, uh, the video, we, we do a lot of community development. We teach computers. We teach English. We do a lot of feeding programs with the poorest of the poor. We also work with uh, environmental concerns with the reef, with the beach. We do a lot of beach cleanups. We're very involved in trying to raise up the community, the standard up, So we work a lot with the mayor and the local leaders in order to fulfill that goal. That's one of our goals. Our other goal is through our community development, we also build relationships, we make connections. So as we're serving, as we're loving people by building their community, people trust us more. We trust them more. We get to know them. We get to know individuals, their names, their families, their hurts their uh, dreams, and in the process of learning who they are and learning them and loving on them and them coming to love and trust us, we then invite them into a discipling relationship. We invite them into a Bible study. A lot of people don't attend Bible studies that we've been teaching, but some do. So we start with community development. We then go to teaching Bible studies. From that, we invite them into our small medium-sized house churches. And so you can see how the disciple, kind of how we disciple people, by building relationships, getting them plugging them into a Bible study, and then plugging them into church. And eventually, we would like to baptize them as soon as possible, but it takes time in the Philippines. Um, eventually, when they have the courage, because that's when persecution starts, that decision to, to be baptized. So We go to the ocean. We tend to go with big groups. So there's a lot of support, and individuals are baptized. Our very last image was a baptism that took place, and actually my oldest daughter was also baptized. And, um, yeah, that was the one shortly before we left the Philippines, was that, that picture was taken. If you take note, in the Word of God, where the Great Commission is located, the Great Commission is, in the book of Matthew, the last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended, before he left, before he said goodbye, and he's not going to come back till his return. And I think we need to see those words as his marching orders. These are his last words before he leaves. And I think all of us at some point maybe have experienced the death of a loved one, particularly if you've experienced the death of a mother and father, we, we tune our ears in a little closer when it's their last words, what are they going to say? What's the last words that mom said before she left? You know, we'll ask that. Hey, what did mom say before she, before she died? And in the same way, these are Jesus' last words. Well, I don't want to say, I don't want to give uh, any words here more privilege over other words in the Word of God. This, the Word of God is complete. Every word has, has equal amount, every word is equal in the Word of God. But at the same time, these are Jesus' last words, his marching orders. And he's, he's about to be ascended. He's about to leave. He's saying goodbye. And, and he says, this, this is what I want. This is what I want for my church and my people to do. And he gives them the Great Commission. So I think that shows the importance of the Great Commission. Okay, my first point is a call to reach the lost. My second point is a call to make disciples. My third point is a call to empowerment. Okay, lostness. Make disciples a call to empowerment. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. I want you to think about authority briefly. If we look at the world and we look at the power structures, we look at authorities that exist. There's kings, there's princes, there's dictators, there's presidents, there's prime ministers, and we look at the world and we see there's certain groups and people that have a lot of power. They have the power to give life. They have the power to give death. They have the power to make laws. Jesus is the king of kings. Jesus is the Lord of lords. He is the authority that is above all authorities. So when he was saying, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, he's saying, I'm above all of this. I am, I am the authority. And those who are above you, we look at the emperor who is in power right now, I have more authority than Julius Caesar. Am I right, Julius Caesar, at that time? (laughs) Okay. Um, I have more authority than the current emperor right now. I have more authority than the president of the United States. I have more authority than uh, any leader in the world today. Matthew 10, verse 1 says, that's the time that Jesus was sending out his disciples two by two. And he says, I give you authority to cast out demons... I give you authority to heal the sick. Um, I think we can look at this passage. This is all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me in the same way he gives us authority. We are given power. We are given authority. All authority has been given to Jesus, just as in uh, Matthew 10, verse 1, he gives it to his disciples. We today have his authority. I'm not saying that we're placed above the authority structures, but Christ is in us, and we are in Christ and therefore, we're part of Jesus who is over all things. No matter the hardship and struggles, no matter the pain, no matter how hard it is to go out, to go overseas, or to reach our neighbors or our friends or family members, Jesus will be with you to do it. I, am, I know right now, as I look over, you know numerous peoples, people in your circles, either in your family or neighbors, or colleagues, or co-workers, people that are around you that do not know Christ. And Jesus says to you, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And Jesus also says, I will be with you to the very end of the age. So his spirit is with us. And so when you think about those people in your lives, Jesus says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to give you the words to say. I give you the authority and the power to speak to those people so don't be afraid. Be bold for me. When I look at my life and I think about Christ, the fact that he's been with me and the authority that he's, been, he's given to our family and my teammates, I can truly testify that he has gone before us. We live in an extremely remote island. Health care is terrible. You don't really want to have emergencies on our island. I asked a missionary when we first went there, he said, don't ever go to the hospital. What happens if you get an emergency? His answer was, better to die at home than die at the hospital. Like, just don't have an emergency, okay? That is our reality. We have been on the island. We've been in the Philippines for 15 years. Yes, we've had some illness and some sickness, but God has taken such good care of my family. I have two prayers, or no, let me say that differently. I have two fears that kind of hang on me in my life one fear is that my family will not thrive that my family will sink living in Catanduanas is not the most ideal surrounding in the world and there's some hardships and struggles but i can testify that god has been faithful and merciful and gracious and although our family is it's not like always so perfect and rosy and amazing in the philippines god has taken care of us god has allowed my children and all of us to thrive. It's not to say every day is a good day, but we have thrived in the Philippines. Um, I can also say, my other concern is, God, it's hard to reach the lost. It's hard to reach people that have blinders on, and Satan has deceived for so many years. And I could give you many accounts of people's lives, like Rublin and others, that God has broke through that darkness. We have shared with, it seemed impossible, and yet God breaks through, and life comes to to this person, and they receive Christ. So again, my three points are: lostness. May our hearts break. May our hearts break. Make disciples. Go and make disciples here, all over, everywhere, and know that we are empowered, and that God is with us, and that he, all authority has been given to Him. Okay. My conclusion. I think I'm I think I'm I'm doing pretty good with time. Uh, conclusion. Again the call to remain faithful. And I want to share a very brief story about Caleb Beach. Caleb and Andrea Beach, they're missionaries that live in North Carolina, no, Pennsylvania. They're currently support-raising. We called him, we Skyped him two years ago. We were in the Philippines. And he said, I need you to pray for me. Because today, he said, like, in a few hours, right after this call, I'm going to my church, and I'm going to tell them, that I'm going to the foreign mission field, and I think I'm going to lose my job because of that. I'm like, wait, what? You're going to lose your job because you're going to the foreign mission field? He's like, yeah, that's the church that I, uh, he's a youth pastor there, that's the church that I attend and work at. I'm like, but I don't, how, how, (laughs) that doesn't even compute. Why would you lose your job? That's just the way they are. He went and lost his job he lost his job because he was going to the foreign mission field as a missionary. So at that point my mind is spinning. I'm like, "Wait, there's churches out there that they would they're like against sending missionaries out to the foreign mission field." So I made a point to ask other missionaries like, "Do they know of this?" And in the process of me doing this investigation, I learned that there's there's a lot of churches actually in the United States that are against sending missionaries out to other countries. That's a growing trend in the United States. And another fact that I've learned from our mission, it is becoming more and more difficult for missionaries to raise support and have churches back them and get excited about what they are doing. That is just a reality of our culture today. Um, I want us to remember Jesus' final words, right, to make disciples. The marching order for the church, his final words before he left. I now I want to talk to you all personally and say where our society is moving today and what we see trends that are happening. I see, as a missionary and talking to other missionaries, talking to leadership at World Team, I see a, a movement. I don't know, because of different social issues, maybe because of uh, moving more and more postmodern, there is a movement away from going toward the Great Commission and, and what we have accomplished in the past 100 years, 200 years of sending missionaries all over the world. That's a trend. And I am here to be a cheerleader for you guys and to, I've celebrated, we've celebrated and said, wow, look at your, your legacy and your origins for you as a church. And look at all you're doing today. But there's a trend that's happening. There's pressures moving people away from looking globally, looking at this call that Jesus has given us the Great Commission and other places in in the Gospels and in the New Testament. That is a clear call to go forth, go to other nations, and share the Gospel, share the Word of God. And I want to tell you guys, stay the course, keep running the race that's marked out for you, Fight the good fight. Keep doing what you have been doing. You have done it well for many, many decades. It is who you are. It's part of your DNA, and I think that's amazing. But as there's more distractions, and as there's other concerns, other social issues, and pressures to keep your mind focused in the sand, focused around you, yes, reach out to your neighbors. Yes, reach out to your co-workers. Yes, reach out to all people, your families. But please, the call is to keep, also keep focused on people everywhere. And in the past 100 years, I, I'm sorry, I'm not sure exactly the history of how long Oak Park and Warren Park have been around. This church, this congregation has touched many lives all over the world. And people are going to celebrate at the wedding feast of the Lamb someday because of this church. So keep going and keep doing what you've been doing. Don't let go of that. Keep it front and center that you're making disciples everywhere, here in the Chicago area, in Elmhurst, but also in all other countries. Jesus said, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Surely I will be with you to the very ends of the age. Amen.